welcome to another edition of Mental Conversations, uh, a podcast focusing on positive mental health and overcoming the struggles of life. Uh, my name is Chris Sutton, and usually at this point I say I'm joined in my lead studio, but I've been invited <laughs> to uh, Emma's studio. So um, I'm delighted to welcome Emma Kirk, Dr. Emma Kirk, Thank to the you. podcast. Um, you have the longest electronic signature. <laughs> I have ever seen. So I have li- I've literally had to cut this down. Right? And in my preparation, I've put... So it says here, you are an in-house expert at geneticsupplements.co.uk. Yeah. Uh, presenter of Kirkley's TV and Best Fit TV. Yeah. Award-winning doctor of osteomyology. Yeah. And clinical nutritionist, in brackets, not the GP. Yeah. <laughs> Founder of the award-winning med- medicinal kitchen. Uh-huh. Published author, published poet, co-host and presenter of award um, web show Diva Docs, chart single UK top forty iTunes vocalist. That's Thank my favourite. <laughs> public speaker, fitness model, sponsored elite athlete, and professional model at London Fashion Models. Yeah, exhausting. I know. That Thank is. you for listening to the podcast. That's all we've got. All we've, we've got, got time, time for. So, so yeah. Um, so thank you again for coming on. I just, I wanted to do a podcast with you because the whole point of this is speaking to people about what you can do about mental health and stuff that um, practically people can do to Mm -hmm. overcome things they're struggling with. Mm -hmm. And I know you, and we've met before, and we've had these discussions before, and your story is an inspirational one. Thank you. So I do a lot of talking usually on the podcast. (laughs) This may be... It might be a competition. Yeah. (laughs) It may be that you do more more than me, and that's fine. And then and then we're going to do a second episode for later on, um, uh-huh. focusing on nutrition. But can you just tell me and the listeners your story, basically? How far back do you want me to start, really? Um, I mean, the, for me, I think the the things that stick out in my mind are the the car crash. Mm-hmm. So if you could tell us about that. Yeah, I was at university when that happened, so I had about three months left to go on my degree. Um, And that was my osteomyology, osteopathic medicine course. Um, And I had a car accident and it was, I was on the way to clinic and um, a car, well a lorry decided that it didn't want to stop at a roundabout and just basically drove over me. And at the time, I obviously had some knowledge of what was happening to me physically, which I'm not sure whether that was a good or a bad thing, but Mm. it did give me the awareness to be able to say, look, at this point, I, I actually can't feel my legs. And the fireman who was sat at the door said, don't worry, love, it'll be shock. Right. And I said, possibly, mm-hmm. but I, I'm doing this course and, and I'm pretty sure it's more than shock. And, you know, can you be careful when you take me out because I'm not sure what's happened. So they ended up cutting the roof of my car off and taking me out on the seat. Wow. Because, obviously, if they'd have taken me out of the car, they could have severed something or whatever they didn't know at the time so knowledge sometimes is great but it also gave me that element of fear you know but what they said to me was we don't know we don't know what the outcome is going to be we don't know what you're going to get back what you're not going to get back and and for me at that point it kind of was life-changing because I'd been very active and I was obviously doing a physical career yeah and I kind of thought okay what am I going to do if this is the worst possible outcome. But I was thinking, you know, they haven't said I can't. Okay. So because they haven't said I can't, 
that's what I'm going to aim for. Do you remember thinking that? Yeah. Because I, like... I seriously, physically remembered, I sat in that bed and they said, we don't know. I thought, well, if you don't know, that doesn't mean it's not possible. See, that just blows my mind. Because <laughs> I can't, I can't, I've actually been having a conversation this morning about positive thinking with, with a group of people. And I was describing, like, the metaphorical glasses rather than the real ones I've got on. Um, <laughs> that I wear these, this kind of, I have this lens of not necessarily full-on negativity, but it's certainly not mm. positivity. Mm-hmm. And that, what you just described, is mm-hmm. a whole new realm of positivity. Like if I don't think that necessarily you're born with that. I think things do create that mindset. You know, when I was younger, I was bullied badly at school. Mm-hmm. I had a hellish time. I, that I wrote, that's how I started writing poetry. It was my release my way of getting the thoughts out of my head but all of my poetry is dark and sinister and if you read it it it's very almost traumatic because that's how I felt I can't write happy poetry (laughs) it's a physical impossibility (laughs) that's like don't ask me to write something funny this is is a whole new podcast (laughs) but that's that's what what I did and I utilised that system to get those thoughts out of my head because if I didn't do that, I was self-harming. Right, okay. And the self-harm was a, wasn't, a, it wasn't a suicide type of thing. It was the pain of that distracted from the pain that I felt emotionally. These people who were bullying me were supposed to be my friends. Right. And that hurt me more than all of the other bullies. Yeah. See, at, at school I was good at, at sport, I was good at music, I was good at academically, and my dad was a teacher. And there was all sorts of factors that meant... You know, people didn't particularly like me. Or so you think they were bullying you because of your success? I think that it was jealousy. Right. Okay. Yeah. If I'm honest, but it was something that they could utilize to make themselves feel better. Mm. You know, if they could make yeah. me feel bad. I mean, half of the time, I can pretty much tell you that they wouldn't have realized because I never let it show, and then I went home. And I, there's a good portion of my teenage years where I hated being at school. And the happiest point for me was getting home and going to sleep. Yeah. I'm, do you know I, what I mean? It was, I do, yeah, I do. I hated being awake. Yeah. So I've not always been that positive. But when I was 13, my dad was diagnosed, diagnosed with MS. Right. And he battled every single day of his life. I know he's, the poor guy, it sounds like he's had a worse time than me, to be honest with you. You know, he's had several different cancers, he's got diabetes now, he's got, he's had a stroke from stress, all sorts of things. But at the time he was diagnosed with that MS, you know, I was 13, I looked it up and I was, I read all about it. By the time I was 14, I was an expert on what MS was, how it affected people. But he never let that stop him. You know, he got up every day and went to work. He had pain every day, but battled through it. So that was the turning point for me. So like inspiration, like... Yeah, absolutely. He was a role model because I thought, okay, what he's dealing with is way worse than what I have to deal with, you know. And although it was hurting at the time, you know, my dad used to say things that you don't don't realise the impact. And he'd say, you know, these people are doing this because they're jealous of your success. 
you know, it's not you, it's them. Yes, yeah. And I'd be yeah. like, yeah, but it's not helping me now, Dad. <laughs> yeah, no, no, completely, completely. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. but when he was diagnosed and I watched him, that, that kind of changed how I looked at things. So it wasn't automatic that I had no. that mindset. Okay. That, but that's an interesting catalyst, isn't it? So yes. I'm thinking, like, um, for people who are um, being bullied or for people yeah. who are struggling with anything and wish they had or, you know, want to kind of cultivate a more positive outlook, yeah. that's quite a good thing to hear, that you think that actually it's something that you can yeah. work on and create and it's not something you're born that you're born with necessarily. Definitely. Because some people do seem to just look at things positively. You know, and yeah, I mean, I don't think I was born with a negative mindset, but I think the bullying took me down, um, and it definitely disintegrated positivity. Yeah, and um, and I used to self harm in you know other ways as well. You know, I I beat myself up for stupid things, and if I wasn't perfect at something, then yeah. I would give myself a lot of hassle for it. So I find that see that's something that I find hard to relate to as well is the is self harming. Is something I um, um, so you've just described it as it take the pain takes away a different pain. Is that what you were saying? For me, yeah, that's what it did. Yeah, it was a physical pain. Yeah, I could deal with that. Mm-hmm. A physical pain is not okay. difficult to deal with. An emotional pain, you can't do anything about that. So this is like the thing. One of my expressions I use all the time, which clearly I've nicked from someone else but is about um controlling the controllables that's right don't try and control the uncontrollables because otherwise they wouldn't they'd be controllables (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean but that's so that's that's interesting the so the emotional pain yeah with things and all the and those things are being done to you as well that's right yeah you know that's there's um, no control yeah you can't control someone else's behavior whereas now interestingly i'm really fascinated to i don't want to pick on you (laughs) with with what we're talking about but but just do you think that um so now having Mm -hmm. myself having been through numerous psychotherapists and different types of therapy Mm -hmm. and people you and reading things you hear people saying things like you are in control of your reaction to something. Yes. So when whatever someone says, yeah, it's you. You can control your reaction. Yeah. Do you think, as a more mature person now, you would be able to, if the same things were said to you, do you think you'd be able to deflect them? I can deflect you... them easier, and I know because it happens. Really. It happens regularly. Really. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and the more that I put myself in the public. I, yeah. the more it happens. So when I did the the campaign with Cancer Research after I'd had the cancer, they specifically said to me, be prepared for hate messages. And I kind of went... What? Yeah. I'm doing a story that's yeah. positive about looking, you know, a feminine after you've had cancer. Yeah. What, what, and they said, honestly, be prepared for hate messages. And I thought, well, that's just disgusting. I couldn't understand anyway. So I said, well, it doesn't matter. Well, I'm going to do it anyway because for however many negative comments I get, there will be positives as well. Sure. And in actual fact, I only had one hate message, which they had never heard. In all all their campaigns they've ever done, anyone ever taking part has had multiple messages, and I got one. Okay. Um, And that one person sent me that negative message on Facebook Messenger and then instantly blocked me so I couldn't reply. 
Coward. Yeah, coward. <laughs> and I was just like, well, obviously you're a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So were, really? you, were you able to just ignore that? Um, I have good days and bad days, like yeah. everybody. You know, if I'm feeling if I'm feeling a little bit vulnerable, then something somebody says might get to me a bit more than it should. Yeah. But then I will literally throw it off the next day. Yeah. Definitely, I think, oh, this is going to sound really weird, but I think having cancer has made me even better at it. Yeah. Because I don't, it, I don't have eternity. I don't want to spend the time that I'm here okay. worrying about what other people think about me. The whole of my life, I know there are going to be people who don't like me. There are going to be some who think I'm all right. And there'll be some people who really like me. Yeah, yeah. I can't control how they react the, to me. The thing I find really hard about that, for, for just, this is a personal thing really, is that like, so I've, I've heard people say this before, that I've had near-death experiences and have, you know... That, I wouldn't quite say it was near-death. No, but, <laughs> but like you, where, where, they, where, where people have then said like, you know, you, you kind of cherish life more and you kind of mm. think actually I'm going to I'm going to focus on the important things not those yeah. not those little like things that are going to bring me down or I'm going to focus on the positive things um but I think it's a it it's it still must be a hard thing to do now and maybe it's cuz I haven't been through that situation that I don't get it that I don't quite get it you know it's not it's not it's not easy hmm you know, and I do get messages that I that'll I'll read and it'll throw me. I'll be like, what What have I possibly done to that person to make them feel like that? Right. And and clearly, I've done nothing. Yeah, do. But there are moments when I do think I don't understand how I can have had that effect on somebody negatively when yeah. all I want to do is be nice and have a positive so effect. It, so it must be them. It must be that something going on in their life. Absolutely, you know, and that's that, what I've kind of reside. You know, that's the the way, what I've come to think is that if they have that negative perception of me, then either they don't understand what I'm trying to do, or they have something going on with themselves. Yeah, and it may be that three months down the line, they actually don't feel like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I can't, I can't do everything about everybody. No, that's and that's what I have to remember. Yeah. Okay, so that's but that that's a really positive thing for people to take away is to, is to be thinking okay, if something negative comes your way, actually hold up a mirror to it. What's going on with that person? What, yeah. Where's that coming from? And do you actually just because something is out there? It's like when people say about thoughts aren't reality; mm-hmm. they're a perception, aren't they? They're mm-hmm. your perception of something. So if someone sends you something that's negative. That's their negative perception of something that you've done or that you're doing or that you've put out there. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. You know? And at the end of the day, you know, everybody is entitled to an opinion. And I'm not here to police somebody else's no, freedom to have right. that opinion. No, that's right. Because they can have that opinion. Whatever it's about, it doesn't mean that I, could, I agree with it. No. And it doesn't mean that I think that they should possibly tell me. <laughs> please don't. Please don't. But everybody's entitled to have that. And, and, and I wouldn't want people to not have that freedom. No, to say. but it's that ability to not attach yourself to it. Yeah, you have to, no. to disengage from it. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So go back to the car. Mm. So you're being you're lifted out of the car yeah. in the seat. Yeah. Jeez. I know. And okay. you know all I kept saying? What are you going to do with my roof? 
<laughs> how he can wow. fix my car. All I was concerned about was my car. Wow. So there you missed that, that shock, surely? No, it was fear. Yeah. <laughs> it was what my dad was going to say if I told him I'd oh, was it his car. car. <laughs> no, no, it's my car. But I was just like, I don't want to tell my dad I've crashed the car and they've taken the roof off. Guys, guys. <laughs> Hey, you know, we need to talk about you. Your, tell me about your relationship with your father. My dad's ace. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. It sounds like he's been through a lot as well. He has, so. yeah. He's yeah. an amazing man. He really amazing. is. Yeah. And your inspiration for, like, uh, being positive and yeah. Yeah, amazing. So you, so they take the roof off. Yeah. You're worried about the roof. I'm assuming yeah. they didn't, they couldn't save the no. car. No, by the time I actually got out of hospital and, and went to find my car, which was still on the roadside, it had been filled with rubbish. Really? Actually, how long later was that? <laughs> um, that would have been six weeks. So six weeks. Six weeks. So tell me, so very quickly. And it literally what? was like a skip. <laughs> Fly tipping. What kind yeah. of car was it? Yeah, it was a. All right, it was a G Reg 1.8 GL Cavalier. There you go. And yeah. I loved it because I'd saved up for it. I'd worked two jobs for the whole summer yeah. to get this car, and I loved it. And I had it years and years and years and years and years. <sighs> And when the insurance people said, oh, we'll give you 750 quid, I was like, do you not understand? Oh, no, that's, that's my baby. baby. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Uh, I, had a, I had a Fiesta that was a one litre that I called Juanita because I wanted it to rhyme. <laughs> my poetry is quite uplifting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Mine and always has to rhyme. And that is my parents' fault. Yeah. Um, okay, so tell me about being in the hospital. Yeah. So they... Um, so they did scans, obviously, MRIs and stuff like that. And like I say, they didn't know what the outcome was going to be. And one particular day, I had a friend called Will. He was um, pretty much the only other northerner on the course. So we had a bond. Where, were you? Where was it then? We were in London. Oh, okay. I've, yeah. heard, I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah. I think it's like somewhere below Watford. In the I south think. somewhere. Yeah. In the, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he used to come visit me. And this one day, we was chatting away, and I was trying to revise, because obviously I knew I had exams, and I was trying to focus on that rather than what was happening. And and I said to him, and it was just a flippant comment, I just said to him, I'll move your cup of tea, you're burning my leg. And he said, wow. and, he said and I said, you're burning my leg, move your cup of tea, don't be so rude. Do you know? And then yeah. I suddenly realised, actually, stuff's happening. Yeah. So he was the push, you know, he was the guy who made me do it and he bullied me and he was like Emma you are walking today and I'd be like really I don't think you know it's not a coincidence his name's Will no no <laughs> no. Yeah. no he was ace I love him to pieces but yeah he um, so he was great he was great you know you can do it you are going to do it and um, and I believed I could do it but sometimes you need someone to say it so okay and the, and the doctors and the nurses were not quite so positive. <laughs> right. So, that's, so this is interesting, yeah, because yeah. It, because if if positivity has it has a really like fundamental place in driving something forward and in in a, achieving you know more positive outcomes for want of a better yeah. expression, then surely the medical team there should be being positive. But then at the same time, I, I understand think, they don't want to give false hope. Yeah, I think the problem is is that because they didn't have fact. Mm. You know, it's difficult for them in this day and age to say, we think you can, because if you then can't, you sue them. Okay. The culture we have is very, is, is very much about the, it's somebody else's fault. So if you yeah. tell me that I can, I'm going to be okay and I'm going to walk and I can't, I'm, well, that's your fault. You told me I could. Yeah. And that's the problem. Blame so they're culture. very, very reserved 
on what they will say. So that's, unfortunately, the positivity then has to come from within. Yeah. And or from an external. Or from someone, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But not from within, because the den. Not from within it's, a profession. It's a, dis- it's, it's a professional decision to not, like you say, give false hope. Yes. But put them in a situation where they're open. Yes, okay. Yeah, yeah. They can't, yeah. Yeah. But talking about positivity in a situation like that, the nurses that I speak to, and I have some of them as patients that work within cancer, that are, you know, actually administrating chemotherapy or, or radiotherapy, mm. and they've noticed themselves that the patients who come in with that positive attitude, I am going to beat this, I yeah. am going to be okay, they're the ones that do really well. Yeah. And the ones that don't come in with that attitude, they know aren't going to do so good. Yes. And they've observed that themselves. And there's a thing of, this is like, in previous podcasts I've talked about... Um, the law of attraction and you know we do what you put out there you get mm. back kind of thing and it is that kind of thing again yeah and it's like even i've said this before even if that's all rubbish and it's not actually true surely it's better to be thinking like that anyway <laughs> yeah because you're benefiting from from even having a positive sensation of that feeling positive as opposed to being well let's just hope keep my fingers crossed and hope it's not foolproof no, obviously no, it's not foolproof, um, but I think if you can give yourself the best chance, yeah. But there is a thing. So, but there is a thing that I, I can. It's like a switch I keep thinking about in terms of you know, is it possible to just go, I'm going to be positive now, you know, or is it For like one day you just wake up and go, I'm going to be positive, <laughs> or, yeah, <laughs> or or about a specific thing, you know, is it possible to just go, okay, I've got a job interview. I'm going to put myself in a positive frame of mind for it. You know, can you do that? And e- even if you're faking it, does it, it must still... But they don't say that, do they? Like if you fake a smile, it still has that same effect. Yeah, it releases endorphins. Exactly. And, yeah. So if you fake it, then... The thing about positivity is it is in your head. So if you fake positivity, you will come across as positive. Yes. And but are you it, feeling it? That's I was going to say, thing. even if you don't feel positive, it's other people's perceptions. Yeah. That's and then, what you're working yeah, because on. Because I suppose... That might get you through the situation. Yeah, because it might, because I suppose you're then going to get their reaction. Exactly, and if so that's gonna, positive, you'll feed off that. Yeah, and that might make you feel more, more positive. positive. So it's yeah. worth... So I get, essentially we're saying, it's worth giving it a go, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, um, I've just written something about the London Marathon, and one of the things, obviously, you can physically prep for a London Marathon, you can mm. have your training schedule there brilliant. but what a lot of people f- miss out is the mindset part yeah so when you actually go simple things like when you're actually going on race day and you get that feeling in your stomach and the butterflies and yeah. everything's kind of a bit shaky you know the the majority of people that i speak to would say god i'm really nervous mm-hmm. i'm really nervous but actually those symptoms are exactly the same as excitement yeah so if you think i've got these feelings i'm excited about yeah. doing the London Marathon, instead of I'm nervous, your whole outlook changes because yeah. you've got the same symptoms, but you're excited okay. to be doing it. So you, you're switching it to. I really want to try this. With <laughs> I really want to try. I really want to try it with something to see if it, because it feels like a trick of the mind. You know, it feels like trying to trick yourself into it. Just I think it's a trick till it becomes a habit. Okay, yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, I and there's nothing wrong with tricking yourself. No, no, because it like, becomes a habit. Yeah, because like I like I said earlier, you know, uh, a thought isn't reality; it's a thought. Yeah, it's a, and it's a perception of something. So it's only kind of shifting that. You know, my neuroses and my, you know, I I'm on twenty four hour alert in terms of anxiety, mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm sitting here thinking. Um, but latte is going a bit cold, so I better drink that. But then what if I put it down and it goes clunk and it sounds really loud on the podcast? I can't even tell if it's actually recording because my time has come up on the thing. And then I'm like, what if your, what if your phone that you're recording this on vibrates as well? And then, and then I'm listening to you at the same time. And all this is happening, all in the space of trying to have a conversation. And, uh, you know, it's, there's so much going on there. And I sometimes hear the words come out of my mouth and think... God, you're talking such a good game, but you don't do this at all, mm. mate. You know, mm. you need to, you know, walk the walk, not But what talk symptoms the talk. do you get when you feel anxious? Um, I, my shoulders are hunched up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like uh, there is electricity flying through my body. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Which is pretty much the same as adrenaline. Yeah. Exactly. And, and adrenaline it, is there when you are... It's adrenaline excited. with a sense of doom. <laughs> so that's the... That's the doom adrenaline. Okay, yeah. we're not categorising adrenaline. So Your body doesn't know the difference between doom adrenaline and, and no. excitement adrenaline. No. Adrenaline is adrenaline. And your body responds to adrenaline in exactly the same way. And when you kind of release that adrenaline, what happens is, is you hit that fight and flight. So normally speaking, if you were like back in the day, you would either be... Fighting the bear, yeah, or running away, yes, yeah. Okay, you don't. We don't have that facility, and an awful lot of time we we never get rid of the adrenaline, so it accumulates and accumulates. So in actual fact, oh, I didn't know that. That's the yeah. first time I've ever heard that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it does accumulate, and obviously it never settles because you don't get rid of it. You have no. to. You have to. But that's have why it's flying around. A get rid of system. Okay. Okay. So you either have to go and run down the corridor to get rid of your adrenaline yeah. before we do the second one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> or it's you know you're going to have to fight, not me. Okay. I can't imagine but me fighting that, anything. That, that's what you should be doing. Yeah. So if you can't do either of those things, you need to find something else. A release, kind okay. of. Okay. Is it true, don't want to cut you off here too much, yeah. but your book, your um, Medicinal Kitchen uh, recipe, I, would you call it a recipe book? Because um, I, it's more than it's a more recipe It's more of a self-help book. kind of thing it, with some recipe it's, ideas, It's ama- fair. It's amazing. It's brilliant. <laughs> Anyone who's never seen this, Dr. Emma Kerr, <laughs> feed you. your mind, Medicinal <laughs> Kitchen, look it up. Was it Medicinal Kitchen? What's the website? It's, medi- it's medicinalkitchenyear.co.uk. Okay. Look it up. Get the ebook. It's It's brilliant. When I was reading through that, it said about cortisone and the amount of cortisone that's released yeah. and with the adrenaline and everything. Uh-huh. This was my favourite bit. And we're going to talk about nutrition in the next bit of the podcast, in the next podcast. But it said a short... And the, this is, may have been a flyaway comment for you, but it's the bit <laughs> I'm grabbing hold of. Oh, God. Not, nervous not quinoa... <laughs> Not not all the healthy stuff. It says eat licorice. Yes. I love licorice. Absolutely. I'm all over that. Absolutely, so, yeah. Licorice helps dissipate it. So licorice helps but dissipate... But not licorice all sorts. <laughs> Don't, Don't go down to licorice all sorts. You are ruining I'm sorry, everything. I'm sorry, i so, no, Bass, tell me, bass isn't useful. So tell me, but so what kind of licorice? 
The, the more kind of natural, the better. So like the one with yeah. the panda on it, you can get from... <laughs> well, I can't remember what it's yeah. called. The pa- panda? Panda licorice? Is it called panda licorice? Yeah. It's the, the, the clues in the, yeah, in the yeah. picture. But that's natural. Okay. Or you can get the um, like Australian soft licorice. So there's no sugar in it. It's a natural product. I am all over that. But licorice root, if you could find licorice root, obviously yeah. that's even better. Just chew that's on that. essentially a bit of tree, isn't it? Yeah, yeah just eat some bark. Yeah. But it has to be okay. licorice Room. Yeah. Right. Okay. But, that's... but it, is, it, it does. It does help. Now, it isn't a complete fix, but yeah. it helps you to dissipate that circulating cortisol. Okay. Yeah. So that I mean, these are all health. These are all good tips. Yeah. So people are going to be writing down licorice. <laughs> I like it. Not Bassett. Um, <laughs> no so, offense, Bassett. <laughs> so you're so. I, I guess I'd said to you previously before the um, before we started the podcast about that I deliberately hadn't written loads of notes about this because mm-hmm. I wanted I just wanted it to be around your story but I just how much of your recovery around that because you've been through loads of other things too yeah and we just haven't got time to go over everything yeah um, how much of it would you put down to that positivity the recovery mm. yeah I'd say pretty much. Really? Yeah, the but whole lot, really. Um, determination, stubbornness will come into it a little bit, obviously. You know, when someone tells me that I I'm, I can't yeah. do it, I will go. Serious? <laughs> um, yeah, I think things like, obviously, I go to the gym. Yeah. And my neurosurgeon said to me, Emma, here's a, here's a list of all the things you are never allowed to do again. And it was like 10 pages of A4. And I thought... This is just a joke. I can't wrap myself in bubble wrap and sit yeah. on a settee for the rest of my life. You know, and obviously, I mean, he didn't think that I was still working. And I pointed out that I was working with it. And he said, how are you managing? You're on crutches. I said, well, you get on with it, don't you? I mean, I must admit, most of my poor patients used to come in and say, Emma, you're worse than us. Are you yeah. sure you want to treat us? But if I hadn't have gone to work, I would have festered. I right. needed to go to work. I needed some normality. Okay. Um, and I slowly, slowly built up my own confidence in what I was capable of doing. You know, I didn't suddenly go, I'm going to the gym and I'm going to do squats. Yeah. I, I started small and I built up my, my confidence in my own self. And then also I had some people that I trusted that I would then integrate into my plan and say... How do you think I could maybe switch it up a little bit, but steady? That there, right there, is, is I think in a nutshell, says it, in terms of you had to focus on your own level of confidence. Yeah, and my goals. And your goals, yeah. yeah. no one else's. Because, because I think, and I, I mean, I must sound like a scratch record on these podcasts, but <laughs> tough, you know, get it, get it through your heads, because uh, this is, I think, part of the solution. The way, the only way that people can affect change is by starting. Mm-hmm. You have to start to do yeah. something. Mm-hmm. So again, in the car on the way over here, I, we were talking about exercise, and I was saying, "Oh, blooming couch yoga. to five k!" And <laughs> I love yoga, and I'm like, but, but then I was like, I, I was saying to you, I went to that trampoline park yesterday with mm-hmm. an eight year old. I do know him, um, and like, <laughs> and I was like, actually, this is great fun, and I yeah. spent an hour bouncing around like Tigger, yeah. and was like. But that's probably the most exercise I've done in five years. Yeah. And it was fun. I loved every minute of it. Mm-hmm. And it was like I was thinking, okay, yeah, do something you like to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. You know, so if you are sitting there on your sofa thinking, 
oh, I can't be bothered to go for a run. That's fine. You don't fine. have to go for it a run. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a run. It's but just how, doing something. How unimaginative. I'm talking about myself here. How unimaginative am I that that's all I, I'm thinking, well, let's go for a run or nothing. Yeah, but don't you think a lot of that is the society? You know, it's like you go to, you, you go to the gym mm-hmm. or you go for a run. Yeah. The, the sort yeah. of basic things that we're expected to yes, do. Yes, that's right. You, f- you are follow either the... the gym or they, are, you know, you're going for, and and that's what the, you know, when you whenever you read anything that says the best antidepressant is exercise. Mm. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? If you want to do a run, yes, that's fine. But if you're in a state where you actually don't want to do anything, mm. clearly it isn't the best form of an antidepressant. Yeah. If you're in a good space in your head, and that's the point where you should try to do something. Okay. Because if you're in a good space, and you go out and you do something, the endorphins and the buzz and the vibe and the positivity will be created. And if you can continue it and keep it going, that's the pattern-forming section. And it makes you want to come back. And it makes you want to come back. Okay. And it's a lot easier. But it doesn't have to be a run. It doesn't have to... It, you know, whatever you want to do is the best form of exercise, and whatever okay, you will yeah. keep doing. I love that actually. I love that expression. Whatever yeah. you want to do is is the best form of exercise. It has to be realistic. Because I because I I think there's a lot of people out there that would um, that will be sat on the sofa. I'm, I'm, again, I'm thinking about myself here, really, <laughs> and is thinking, yeah, that's great for other people. Yeah. I but I can't do it. Yeah. And then, like I said, for me, who doesn't do a lot of particularly aerobic exercise mm-hmm. even the yoga I do is a really mm-hmm. anaerobic it's a yin yoga so it's a very you hold postures for a long time so it's more stretching and um more meditative yeah and a lot yeah. more med- a lot more meditative and spiritual um than aerobic but trampolining was amazing so See, I'm like there you should go trampolining so I'm like yeah I you know I'm gonna take my four-year-old trampolining definitely 100 percent yeah um so Looking at the time, we need to wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been, I think that's been really positive, which is the whole <laughs> the whole point, really. Um, Thank so, goodness. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I could talk to you all day about it, to be honest. And we could talk, mm-hmm. I, you know, if you're happy to come back on the podcast again in the future, I'd be happy to um, pick on a different subject, but about a different aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to talk to you about nutrition because mm-hmm. you don't know what's coming, but uh, <laughs> I want to be a guinea pig. So, like, so we'll, yeah, yeah, I just want to put it out there. So, thank you ever so much for coming on to the podcast. No problem. And thank you, you guys out there, for listening. As always, look out for another uh, episode of Mental Conversations coming your way soon. Thanks a lot, Emma. No problem. Thank you.